a SAC production. Right, and thank you for listening to another SAC Comedy Lab Presents podcast where we are this month celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Orlando Fringe Festival. Uh, my name is Dale Smith here in Orlando at SAC Comedy Lab, and uh, this episode we sat down with Tim Hoffman who uh, discusses his show in the Orlando Fringe Festival called The Great Powerful Tim world's worst supervillain so it's a mixture of comedy and th- and uh, illusion magicianry if that's a word i just invented uh you might even hear a little bit uh, of our ac background because we're actually in the theater recording this uh the fringe just launched for the 25th anniversary and we had a chance to sit down and just kind of chat about how he started with uh, entertaining and how he got into his path of doing some magic and comedy. So uh, that's the interview that we have here. We want to thank you for listening, but we also want to say please uh, go on iTunes or however you get in your podcast and subscribe to our podcast to catch up more on what's happening with the Orlando Fringe Festival as we interview other artists that are coming to town or performing or producing. Uh, we'll also have some interviews with local artists and talking about the arts community in Orlando in general, as well as some podcasts might be snippets and clips from some of our shows here at SAC Comedy Lab. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on all that. Uh, so without further ado, here is the interview with Tim Hoffman uh, discussing the great powerful Tim, world's worst supervillain. Enjoy. Is it record to this thing? He's so he's doing both right now. So uh, he's got it in the board, and the board's going good right now. Cool. Um, so he's got it up there. Charlie's been. Uh, he's, look at him. Charlie's he's a superstar. A, he's a workhorse. He's yeah. just eating whatever he can. <laughs> I don't know. He might be wearing adult diapers by now. He huh? just <laughs> not allowed to leave. Yeah, gonna hang around. <laughs> I'm here till midnight today. So holy moly! Oh my gosh! So this is this is the do or die season for Fringe, where everybody's exhausted trying to figure it out, trying to put like Tetris grid of times when they can see yeah, shows. Yeah, there's everything. so much to see. I don't even have that many friends, and I have to see a bunch of shows because there's so many people <laughs> out there. So. You, you make a lot more friends in Fringe inadvertently, just because people are like, "Hey, come see my show, buddy!" Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, all right, we're, yeah. we're friends. I, okay, cool. We'll go see your show. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we've been doing so much here. It's, it's been awesome. We um, L show's fantastic. Yeah, with, yeah. With Jose and Ellie and Mike Navarro. We've seen all the stuff for that. They're doing awesome. Emily <laughs> and Amanda have their show. They started a podcast as well. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Have you been listening to their podcast? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. fun. It's, yeah. I, I, it's such a good rapport. Yeah. It's just I, I tuned stuff. into the episode. I, I mean, I've listened to all of them, but the one where they just watched like a Netflix episode and just bash oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Home Hunters that one. or House Hunters or something like that. <laughs> they just sit there and they're just, they just gab. Uh, oh, that- I thought they like, liked the show. And so I saw it and I was like, I'm not into this show, so I'm not going to like this episode. But they're I don't know if they like it or not. The way They just really sat there and just like tore apart yeah. certain things, but they were having fun. And then Sharf and Walden are doing great. And with the 25th anniversary... Um, of, of Sack Comedy Lab and yeah, Fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a ton of stuff. Wayne Brady was, was fantastic. Did you see anything on, on Facebook Live or, or on Periscope? No, I haven't watched anything, but I saw all the pictures and everything. It looked like a lot of fun. But, yeah, it was the first weekend I was back in town, so I just couldn't make it out yet. So, well, hey, we're, we're glad you're here. Um, this is Tim Hoffman, everybody. Say hi, Tim. Hey, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Dale Smith here. Uh, so we're at Sack Comedy Lab. We're just talking about the 25th anniversary of Fringe Festival, and you came back to town. Um, let's Get a little bit of history here. It's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. How old were you when Fringe was born? Oh, boy. I'm 31, so I was six 
Six years old. Yeah, I did not fringe back then. You didn't know? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't fringe. <laughs> Mom, I'm six. I want to go to a theater festival in Orlando to check it out. Uh, I didn't do that. But, Where were you yeah. raised? Uh, Melbourne, so not too far from here. It's on the east Australia, coast of Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> That's where my thick accent comes from. <laughs> so you, um, when did you actually move into the Orlando area? I uh, came here for college UCF back in 2002. So I've been here about 12, 14 years. 2002. Yeah. Okay. Is that how math works? Yeah. And you just yeah, came directly for UCF? Yeah, came from UCF uh, to UCF and then stuck around after here for work and worked here for a decade and then moved last year to L.A. And now I'm back for Fringe as a national artist, so... Cool. National, you, but you, you upgraded. Home yeah. You got an upgrade yeah. just by moving out. <laughs> That's a great way to do it. If I move out of the city, then I come back as an international yeah, artist. Yeah, I could apply in a different category and do that. So, What were you studying at UCF? Uh, radio TV. So that's where I got my fake radio voice that I use here. He's got a yeah. great voice, doesn't he? <laughs> so, so uh, um, were, you, were you going into, wanted to go into broadcasting, production? What was that? Yeah, I wanted to go into broadcasting of some sort. I kind of wanted to be like an on air person, but back then, the internet was just coming up, so I feel like they're probably teaching something completely then, different. you're talking like, <laughs> way in my Back day. in the white, ripe not... old age of 2006. Yeah. Uh, yeah, things were very different. They didn't teach, like, internet videos or anything. I'm sure they're teaching now. So it was all like, you can do local news, and that's about it. And I didn't have much of an interest in that, being a com- comedy person. Yeah. So uh, I found radio, which was more fun, because you could do more fun on-air stuff. When did you decide you kind of wanted to do that? Was it? Did you like radio shows? Did you kind of do that when you were a kid, messing well, around with a tape recorder? Or in high school. Tape recorder, now I'm dating yeah. myself. With, uh, <laughs> the talk boy from uh, Home Alone 2. <laughs> uh, in high school, I just had to pick an elective, and I was one of those kids that didn't really have a club. I didn't play an instrument and didn't do... I don't know, chess club, whatever other things you could sports. do in high school. Didn't do sports, obviously. Uh, no one can tell that from the radio, but trust me, not in good shape. Uh, and so... <laughs> He's uh, struggling to carry the microphone. <laughs> it is very heavy. It's like, it's, this is like a, what is it, two hours? Uh, uh, so I picked uh, the TV production class as my elective, having no real interest in it, but I just had nothing else to do. And so I got into that, and I was on the morning announcements for a while, and I did a lot the of big break. stuff there. Principal's was, announcements? Yeah, huge break. Lunch All the seventh be... graders knew who I was back then. I did a, I did a similar thing, and I just yeah. thought nothing of it, but yeah. I kind of got pushed into it, and I was a little bit nervous. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You kind of, once you do that, it's like, oh, I can do it again. And then you start branching out to what you can do. Yeah, yeah. It was sort of like a confidence builder there. And I was like, well, this is fun. I'll see if I can do that for a career. So I went to UCF and uh, sort of transitioned to radio. I got a job in a radio station here uh, after that and been doing that ever since. What radio station? Uh, I Heart Media. Okay. So they do, they own a bunch of stations now, like 10 of them here. Yeah, and that uh, used to be Clear Channel. Yeah, right, right, Clear Channel, yeah. And uh, I do behind-the-scenes stuff now, advertising management, because... On our I didn't stuff, know that. It's harder to do. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of the 104.1 guys, oh, WTKS. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. I, I've liked them. When I first moved into Orlando, I, I came from Chicago, and talk radio out there was a little bit more prevalent in right. major market. Right. Uh, but coming to Orlando, I had a couple of different jobs where I was driving around, and and that talk radio kind of just grabbed me. Instead of just the same music that you just hear over and over again, they, you know, they just produce the same thing. You just yeah. hear the same rotation of 20 songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but talk radio with the Monsters yeah. and Jim Phillips. Yeah, that was and my jam in high school. I listened to them all the time. Yeah. News Junkie. And that was yeah. like that was an interesting thing. That was like kind of a revelation for me. It's like, oh, you can be entertaining comedian style, but also informative and like relevant. It's, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. So you work with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do behind-the-scenes stuff there. So I schedule ads and stuff, uh, send me orders and stuff. It's kind of data entry, but 
It's a job nobody knows exists in radio, but someone's got to do someone's it. Someone's got to so, do it. Yeah. The dirty jobs. Of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were out here for that, and you got involved with SAC. Um, what, what else? You're, you're obviously, um, if we're talking about Fringe, your show is called? Uh, the Great and Powerful Tim, World's Worst Supervillain. Mm -hmm. It might be the longest title at Fringe, so I'm very proud of that. You might have uh, an award yeah. there. It's a comedy magic show. It sort of blends comedy, magic. It's got a, a plot, which is unusual for a magic show. I just find that adds a little something to it, so... Yeah, mostly uh, mentalism, mind-reading type tricks. So it's a little different than probably most magic shows people have seen. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm doing that. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, and I bumped into you yesterday, and uh, the time schedule didn't work out. How was the show last yeah. night? Yeah, it was good. It was good. We actually had a little bit of trouble with our scripted stuff, which is unusual. But the, uh, the tricks all worked out great, which is normally the opposite. But <laughs> what do you yeah. mean? Well, I mean, there's always a little hiccups here and there with doing magic. So sometimes things don't always work out as you want. So I have one trick where... We did a, a tech preview for the artists and, and uh, for the press and everything. And I have one trick where I put $100 in an envelope and they have to guess which envelope it's in as the audience. So I introduced the trick. I said there's $100 in one of these envelopes. Then I realized I hadn't loaded the money in there before the show. We're not giving anything away right now, spoilers or the trick? No, no. Well, I mean, I do. it is real money that's loaded in there, but I had <laughs> forgotten to put it in. And so I was like, oh, boy, hold on, everybody. Thanks for coming to the preview, by the way. This is a preview. I got to go why backstage we do and find the money. Soft openings. And I go to the back, and I, I told my assistant, uh, Jess, uh, to just delay the audience for a few minutes. So I do this. So I go back there. I can't find my wallet. I finally do, and I realized I haven't even got $100 out. So I have like $12. So I put that in there real quick. I come back out. I'm like, all right, now it's a competition for only $12. And they actually love that moment more than I think they do the regular trick. So it was fun. Which probably helps to have a little improv background on you. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Now, how did you get into magic? I mean, that's what, what, where, where did the, well, your entertaining bug kind of catch? Yeah. Uh, well, I started at SAC like 10 years ago doing classes, like 2005. I was doing classes here. And then I left for a while and came back uh, in 2011, I think, and started doing them again. And then Magic, I got into around the same time. Uh, I found a guy on Hulu and YouTube named Darren Brown from Britain, and he's like a mentalist, and he does uh, mind-reading type stuff. And it was such a cool style of magic I hadn't seen before, because you see David Copperfield making things disappear and sawing stuff in half, and it just seems so undoable for a normal person to do that type of stuff. You have to invest in all those props and everything. But then Darren Brown was a person who was doing just fun presentational stuff, simple things, and I was like, you know what, I could probably do this. So I started researching the methods of how he does it, and it was mostly presentational improv type stuff. So the methods are simple, but the way you present it is, is in the fun, and I'm a good presenter, I think, of that. So it was a fun way to get into magic and a different style than most people are used to. Yeah, because you say David Copperfield and, and Darren, Darren Brown? Darren Brown, yeah. Yeah, he's a British guy. He's very popular over there, but nobody really knows well, him that's, over that's here. Well, that's interesting, because, so. you know, a few years back, you know, you would have had to have eye makeup and been like Chris Angel. Yeah, or, exactly, yeah. <laughs> or uh, who was the other guy that was, uh, that was pretty popular? David Blaine was David very Blaine, big. David Blaine, and then you got to get yeah. creepy. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a weird route to magic where I sort of skipped over doing card tricks and coin tricks and everything and went right to this stage mentalism style. So, uh -huh. but, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I think, it's, I think it's fun. I think it's different than most people do. So. And I first met you, I think I first recognized you uh, at SAC here when you were doing uh, the brawl. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Uh -huh. Yeah, because you, so you took some classes, then you took some time off, then you came back. Yeah, I came back, and then I did the Tuesday, Wednesday nights here at SAC. I was in them for three years, two, three years. And then, uh, yeah, left last year for L.A. just to try. What are you doing out in L.A.? 
just living life. I've been here. <laughs> I've just been here forever, so I wanted to try somewhere new, and uh, it's definitely different. A lot more expensive, but uh, fun. Yeah, lots more artists around there. So like everything, it just feels like you're at a fringe festival all the time. Everyone's an artist. Everyone's got shows. There's so many. With theaters. less humidity. Yeah, less humidity. This yeah. is tough today. Uh, if you don't, we're right now. Fringe festival is underway, and it's it is humid out. It's. Uh, it's noon and it's probably in 90 and 90% humidity. Yeah, it's like walking through a shower out here. <laughs> uh, what was your first experience with Fringe? When did you, um, I mean, being that you were in the area and you moved to UCF, when did, uh, it, it it's, gets a lot of press notice now. Yeah. But, you know, years back it was kind of. Yeah, I didn't really know what it was before. I think my first one was in, it's four years ago. I did like a scripted show there. And what was coming, that? Uh, it was Jet Backpack and the Battle at the End of the Universe. It was like a weird sci-fi comedy show, and I sort of fell into it. They just needed someone real quick, and I knew somebody at work whose uh, boyfriend had written it, and they were like, we know you're a, a comic actor. Can you come do it? And I was like, I don't really do scripted stuff, but I'll try. And so I did it, and it was, it was very nerve-wracking. Coming from an improv background where you're allowed to just make everything up, to have to memorize lines and not miss them because then you'll mess up another person. Right, that, that's the challenge. Whatever you say in improv is right. Yeah, but exactly. But if you mess up somebody's words that they spent time writing and, and, and plotting and directing and you mess it up, that's yeah. you. <laughs> so it was very stressful, but it got me introduced to Fringe for the first time and how cool of a festival that is and how much everybody supports everything, so... Then after that, I met a guy here in SAC classes named Spencer, who uh, is a magician and a real magician. He's been doing it for years. does card tricks and everything. And he wanted to do a show there. And I think he just wanted an assistant. And I said, well, I dabble at home in magic. I'd like to uh, do a show. But I think we could do it like a cool battling thing where we're battling magicians. So we did that show for the past two years. Tim you called Spencer. him a real magician, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he elevated? Uh, he's he's better now, technically. Now, has he elevated? <laughs> oh. <laughs> is, is he elevated in the status of he's... Okay, you, you're an apprentice. You're Now you're a real magician. Well, like, you I have just, to go through the journeyman stages. I consider stages. myself more a comedian first and a magician second. I mean, hopefully my effects are impressive, but I go for the comedy more than I go for the super amazing type thing. So. Was it, was, who was the... the back 10, 15 years ago with Amazing Jonathan that kind of did yeah, more yeah. of the comedy magic. Yeah, yeah, that type of stuff. So Amazing Jonathan, uh, Piff, the Magic Dragon, if you've ever seen Of course, him. Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller, yeah, They're that type a, of stuff. How do they consider illusionists or where would you, where's that line? I think how, they are. I mean, well, they have such a big budget. They can do the cool stunts like David Copperfield, but with a, a comedic element. While well, most people have to just, here's a deck of cards. This is all I can afford. Here's, here's how we do it. So, but yeah, definitely there's a lot of magicians now in that vein of comedy first, magic good but you know secondary did you attend any fringes before somebody just pulled you out and said jump no on they just pulled me out told me what it was and so i went there and it's such a fun place to hang out and everything i just yeah. wanted to go back even if i wasn't doing a show but luckily i've fallen into the magic thing so yeah it, it is a real cool uh reunion of sorts with people that come into town like yourself they yeah. come back into town yeah. just for the orlando fringe it's a great way to kind of keep up with your friends that uh, in the arts community kind of split off and do something different yeah, um, it's nice to see people come back and bump into them and, and see what's progressed with what their show is, what they did last time. So uh, yeah, it's fun to watch people grow as artists too. Because there's another guy there, uh, another magician from Canada named Keith Brown, who I've seen the last three years, and it's just fun to hear how he's evolved his career over the last three years, doing more shows and getting more accolades. He does a lot of fringe uh, tours up in Canada, and just to to hear. You know how he's how he's doing stuff and how what he's changing every year. It's fun to fun to watch people do that. 
Have you traveled to any other fringes with the shows that you were in previously? So you did the... The, the, the Jet Backpack, when I went to Atlanta with that one, and their fringe was less developed than Orlando's, so not as many people in attendance. We're in like a weird venue at a gym in a summer camp. So it was... It wasn't... <laughs> in the woods. Yeah. So they had like... Our fringe here has a bunch of venues that were close together, and we were put in this other one that was way out yonder in a gym with basketball hoops and the whole deal. So it was a little less... Less developed than Orlando, but it's still a fun time. It was great traveling with the crew. We we are a bit spoiled here in Orlando. If anybody across the country or world that does uh, other fringes, we uh, we're in a fantastic area now. Which I just popped in yesterday just to check it out, and it's amazing uh, what they've yeah. done with the land there, the Shakespeare's. Uh, what was it called? The 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 entire area is it just Shakespeare's Center? I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, Shakespeare Center with the rep over there, but they put down lots of new grass and sidewalk, and it's it's like walking on a boardwalk now yeah. with the the vendors and the different theaters you can go to, and we're air conditioned. But other, th- you know, we didn't start off like that. You know, yeah. uh, 20 years ago, it was abandoned buildings yeah. <laughs> trying to get air yeah. conditioning and electricity uh, and, and all that going on. So we're we're a bit spoiled. So besides Atlanta, any other places that you've been to perform? Uh, I travel and do uh, comic conventions, so like Indianapolis, Tampa. San Jose. I'm going to San Francisco later this year, so I do that type oh, of wow. show. Yeah, yeah, really on tour. Yeah, so it's fun. Yeah, you don't you don't make that much, but it's it's still a great audience, big couple hundred people, and they're really into it, and they get all the jokes. My show is comic book theme. That's why I'm the world's worst supervillain, and so it's a lot of those jokes that hit so well there because the audience is so into superhero, supervillain type stuff. So. Yeah, have you traveled yeah. around to a lot of Comic Cons? Or yeah, yeah. So I just came back from Indian, Indiana Comic Con like two weeks ago. We had a few other friends out there. Did yeah. you bump into them, or yeah, did, was yeah. that kind of coordinated all together? Yeah. So I knew them here. I performed with them, and then uh, we all went up there. And I said, "Well, we're doing the improv thing. I also do magic. Would you like that?" And they're like, "Yes, please. Fill some more time. So <laughs> stretch it out. <laughs> yeah. Stretch it out." So, so now, how did the concept that you have now kind of come about? I mean, obviously, you kind of enjoy that. Did you? Did you? Have you done this show before? Yeah, I, well, I did it in Indiana. It's sort of a light version of this, a, oh. little, a little less scripted, but very, very similar. What you did in Indiana or what you did in Fringe is light? In Indiana, this one's a little more scripted, a little more theatrical because okay. it's a more you know, set environment than Comic-Con where people come in and out of the theater. It's a little less uh, standard. But, uh, yeah, I've always liked uh, you know, magic shows that have sort of a plot about them. So each year my plots get more and more complicated. Just some type of story. It's like a loose way to connect all the tricks together and sort of give a reason to do things. Uh-huh. So the first year me and Spencer were trying to get into like a magic secret society and we had to impress this this body with our tricks. The next year the devil was trying to get our soul so we had to compete and see who was the worst magician. And then this year I'm trying to become an official supervillain and uh, fill out this complicated form with the help of my uh, assistant who is trying to escape the shadow of her father who wants her to be this evil supervillain and is embarrassed that she's with me. And your assistant so, is played by? Uh, Jessica Gasparolo, who also performs here at SAC, so she's been great. And she was really great because she, we weren't able to practice because I live in L.A., and I sent her the script and everything and said, I'll be flying in like a day before we get to do this show. Be ready. So be ready, yeah. <laughs> so our tech rehearsal was like the first time we'd ever run it. So it, it went really smooth for that being the case. And with this being kind of a, a series of development in the story, we're not missing anything. We haven't seen your other performances of no, Fringe. No, it's unrelated. We can still pick up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unrelated to those, so it's a, it's a new story. But if you've been following along, it's it's getting into that, wow, where, where are they going to push the envelope Yeah, 
Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, after Orlando, uh, what's what's next on the itinerary? Are you going to take it to another fringe? You just mentioned a few, I'd like a few to other stories. I know Hollywood has one, uh, the Hollywood Fringe out in LA, but the it looked more confusing than this one. You had to like find your own venue and work out a, a booking agreement with them. For putting it on, yeah. so here they just give you a theater and say, "Here you go, here it is." Oh, L.A. Yeah. yeah. So that that was a little scary for me, not knowing many people in L.A. So I declined this year. I think it's happening later June. But I have a, a few friends who were doing it, so I'm gonna find out how it went for them and how the process was like, and hopefully next year be able to do it. The upcoming <laughs> dates, do you have them with you? The times, the venue. Let's see if I have memorized. All right, it's in the red venue at uh, the Shakespeare Center. So you go in, you go upstairs through the beer tin area is where it is. Um, my first show, Saturday the 21st, uh, I'm at 3.30. Sunday the 22nd, I'm at 7.30. Monday the 23rd, I'm at 6 o'clock. Thursday the 26th, I'm at 10 p.m. Saturday the 28th, I'm at 7 p.m. And then Sunday the 29th, I'm at 11.15 p.m. I don't know who's going to come to that one, but it's uh, <laughs> a little late at night on a weeknight. But, uh, yeah, those are my dates. So i got six more shows. People plan for Fringe. They know to take days off, make budgets. This is yeah. this is what people do in the arts community for Orlando and Fringe. Like they actually make, like Charlie here told me his strategy. He buys a certain block of tickets. Yeah, and he, he's it, telling me, yeah. He's got, he's got it all it. worked out. But Get people in there plan first it. day to buy everything, yeah. And then how long is the show? What's this, the duration? That's an hour. It runs about 55 minutes because if, if you go over at Fringe, they cut you off hard. Make they you get that big leave. old hook that yeah. <laughs> they pull you right out So you got to make sure you're not over that. So we're about 55 minutes and yeah, it's a fun show, very fun show. We got a great review in the uh, Sentinel who came to our preview and really liked it, really liked the comedy and the magic. Do you have a so. lot of production that you have to put in and take out with what your show is or do you keep it pretty simple? Uh, we keep it pretty simple in terms of props. There's a lot of stuff we have to set up going in there, but in terms of big stage things, there are very few. So mm -hmm. yeah. And is, it, is yours uh, appropriate for all ages? Yeah, I think we're rated 13 plus in the guide, but there's no cursing or nudity or anything like that. You so, never know. Yeah. After it's just not really written for kids, and it's hard to use kids for my tricks. There's a lot of interaction. I sort of talk about it as a combination of improv and magic, so I get people up for every trick, and I do things with them, and with kids, it just doesn't work as well. So I, <laughs> I, I try it at conventions because there's a lot of kids that go to Comic-Cons, and it just they always mess something up, or they don't tell me the right thing, or... It just seems mean if I do the things I do with adults, two kids. So, right. I yeah. think kids are more just, let me see the the, the, the trick happen. Let me see yeah. what, but if you're going to do a character with a story. Yeah, it's not quite a kid's show, but it's not inappropriate for kids. Right. So, yeah. So bring your smart kids only. Yeah. Leave the yeah, dumb bring ones. the good ones, yeah. <laughs> Leave them at home. Uh, what else are you looking forward to while you're in town? I mean, is there uh, any artists and shows that you definitely want to see at Fringe? Yeah, definitely all the people I knew here at SAC are doing a lot of great shows. I saw uh, Five Lesbians. That was great. Um, five Lesbians Eating a Quiche. Eating a just quiche. To, yeah. just five Lesbians Eating a Quiche. Just to say for anybody who's listening, the Orlando Fringe, all I saw there was Five Lesbians. I just saw Five Lesbians <laughs> walking around. They look great. Uh, Peter Panish, the show you guys are doing looks good. Um, yeah, what else? Little Women is there again. I got to oh, see, see that. I actually women. haven't seen that show, even though they've done it for a couple of years. I got to mm -hmm. catch that this year. Um, all my magician friends. Spencer, my old partner, is doing his own show. Yeah. Yeah, you we actually, plug some other friends. At, yeah, yeah, we each applied for a show because uh, we couldn't rehearse together. So I was like, I don't want to hamstring you and make you wait for me and then just show up and say, here's what I'm doing for my half. So we each applied and thought if one of us didn't get in, we could do a dual show. But then we both got in. So we're like, oh, I guess we're split up now. Although it was an amicable break, amicable breakup, so we're uh, yeah each doing his own show. He's in the purple venue, and then Keith Brown, my magician friend from uh, up north, he's doing a show in the yellow venue. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. 
Awesome. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, so hopefully they're not too mad. Does <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody support you? Do you have any sponsors or, or anybody that really helps you out? I mean, are no. you advertising anybody? Do you have a, like, a I probably should have done that now that you mention it. But no, I just support myself, and hopefully I'll make enough to recoup the losses from traveling out here. Have you always been successful getting into the fringe? Because it's a lottery system. Yeah, yeah. Well, last three years is when I've done my own show, and we've gotten in all three years. So those uh, you worked your magic, ping huh? pong balls are working. Yeah, they're falling in our favor. <laughs> Uh, social media, how can people find you? How can they see more of what you're doing when you're traveling? What you, what, you know, My you... official website is timthewebsite.com. Uh, so go there. It has information about my tour dates for remaining a year. T-I-M. Yep. Nothing. Just type it in. Yeah. Or facebook.com slash Tim Hoffman official is my Facebook page where you can find... I don't know, whatever nonsense I'm posting from Fringe. Are you very active on social media? Yeah, I post sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am for myself, but not so much for my corporate self-account because, it, I don't know, it feels weird to promote yourself all the time, so. It's got to be done. Yeah. People got people to gotta know. I try to post only if I have fun things to show people that aren't always, here's my show, here's this. I really want to get that book, The Art of, uh, the War of Art. <clears throat> have you guys read that? No. Oh, it, it's you know, The Art of War, that whole <clears throat> military-style book. I haven't even read that. Oh, the old, the old Chinese one, But yeah. it's flipped, The uh, War of Art. Mm. So it's from my understanding, I have so many people tell me I have to read it, and I stop and read it. If somebody will just send me a copy of appreciate it <laughs> but it's basically making yourself accountable and working and and, yeah. and spending that hour writing just doing it Do so that it day. becomes an easier practice yeah. i mean with yeah. with anybody that does acting and and magic illusions improv it's just forcing yourself to i'd love to do it someday get out there and do it put in that hour write that yeah. get up on stage everybody talks about well, there is no overnight success overnight success takes 10 years or yeah. 10,000 yeah, hours yeah, yeah. or whatever that gotta um, but you got to be on stage you got to do it work out all the kinks until you get to that point where you actually get out there and do it and you're doing it right now so yeah. you spent those hours putting them in putting the time in still yeah well thank you so much anything anybody else want to thank uh, shout outs no it's my mom maybe is that what you do on this type I, of thing <laughs> <laughs> thanks mom <laughs> I'm sure she'll listen to this. Well, <laughs> well Tim, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we're really gra uh, grateful for you to come in here and talk to us, and we're looking forward to seeing your show. Thanks so much. I appreciate uh, it. It was fun. Yeah. Charlie, thank you, Charlie Downs. Charlie's the best. Our producer here, <laughs> our in-booth. Now he's running to turn this off. This will probably be edited out. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe in iTunes, and have a great day. Enjoy. This has been a SAC production. Like us on Facebook.com slash SAC Comedy Lab. Follow at SAC Comedy Lab on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.